0: Welcome to the jungle, dear listeners, where we've got fun and games. Well, maybe, because you know, probably know by now that there's never any guarantee of fun and all games when it comes to the movie men. but I'm Calum O'Toole and I'm joined again by the king of the swingers, Johnny Smith. How are you, my man? Good?
1: Yeah, very good. I don't know if I'd, I'd tell everyone I'm the king of the swingers, it might no? be the wrong impression.
0: Yeah, possibly. possibly. I've got a
1: lot of keys in my pocket there.
0: Yeah, Don't for, for the key parties you've been attending. Yeah, well, those key parties? Yeah, that's good. Well, I've just been to Hamburg on a stag do, that's why my voice sounds terrible, but no swinging for me out there. Make sure to check out Johnny's fantastic blog at thelatestpictureshow.com for even more film fixings. But right now, it's on with the show. And we'll start with the news that a Chinese tourism company is suing Paramount for failing to include its logo in Transformers Age of Extinction, despite an agreement on product placement. So, Johnny... If you were in Paramount's shoes, how would you make it up to the Chinese tourist company who you didn't use their product in your film? How would you make it up to them?
1: What I wouldn't do, first of all, is what Michael Bay's done. Right. Which is, is to make up for it, he apparently went and filmed an advert for the, the tourism area. And so he did this advert, and then to make up for the lack of product placement, he left all the stuff that he made the advert with, all the props and things behind, to make it a tourist attraction. <laughs> That's like eating eating a He's, Big Mac and leaving all of the rubbish yeah. on a bench and
0: going. He's basically just It's interesting. We normally
1: have to get rid of all this yeah. shit after a film,
0: but we'll just leave it here. That'd be fine.
1: Hey guys, what about we leave it and you can pretend you're in a shit Michael Bay advert? How's that? And yeah. They've I,
0: gone, no. It's not as if it's one for the ages where people are going to be like, oh, I really want to go on holiday <laughs> to the Transformers themed place. That'd be great. Like people go to New Zealand for Lord of the Rings. But how would you make up for them, then, if you wouldn't do it the Michael Bay style?
1: I mean, if you're going to make up for this, the, this sort of Chinese tourism, you could obviously have a new Transformer who's a communist. It's a red car. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And uh, obviously just turns into a, a raring-to-go communist and yeah. then turns back into a, a car that everyone owns. Or maybe even one of those like Chairman Mao bikes that Jeremy Corbyn yeah. had. So yeah, little red book. Yeah, spouse chairman of Mao's... What's this, Jeremy Corbyn and chairman Mao you bike? You Jeremy Corbyn had a... Isn't that just a bike? Yeah, it was just a bike. <laughs> but we would find one and call it a Mao bike for Transformers. Right, right. I think that would make it up to the...
0: I think it would, yeah.
1: Or you could just make a two-hour-long, you know, China tourism video, which would probably be better than watching Transformers.
0: Well, um, I've realised during your answer that I've actually answered the wrong question. Which is fantastic, saying it's my own question. Well, we've got two
1: opening questions now,
0: (laughs) so double double the fun. I thought that the question was going to be, and I wrote it, so this is why I'm such an idiot. I thought the question was going to be, what egregious product placement would you put in a film? Um, But apparently I've got the wrong end of my own stick, which I don't know how you do that. But anyway, what I was going to say, if If I may, I'll go with it, was um, I was thinking, you remember, if you cast your mind back to the 80s, Indiana yeah, Jones, just,
1: just about
0: remember that. Yeah, that's the decade I was born. Calvin Harris got love for me. Um, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Opening sequence, River Phoenix playing the young Indiana Jones. He's on a train with a lion. Whips the lion in the face with a whip. I was thinking you could whip into the lion's face some kind of product name bit of product placement there and something like that you know you could i don't know what you'd whip into a lion's face lion bars yeah. or something like that. mgm mgm well, what would you make or just really mug off the lion and do like a prominent taxidermist and just <laughs> say this is what's going to happen to you afterwards so i'm just going to whip it into your face for, for for quick for future reference
1: taking sort of tips from zorro because he was obviously a, key, yeah. a keen uh whip writer
0: yeah zorro they really wasted the product placement opportunities in zorro just with a Z. They could have done all manner of things. Like? Xanax. I think that might be the next. Though, yeah, I think it? that was for the next. <laughs> Zanzibar. Zebras. Just the zoo. <laughs> Just the zoos. Just, the, what, the zoo in Manchester, the club? Yeah. Yeah? That'll work. Very cheap VKs, <laughs> if I remember correctly.
1: Well, that's all you need. You can have your Jamie Vardy party there.
0: Better keep them away from Chinatown. <laughs> Which is little bit for the late-night karaoke. Probably wouldn't want him doing your Visit China advertising. No. <laughs> you would absolutely not want Jamie Vardy doing that.
1: So, when Michael Bay goes to Visit China... Good news, I've got Jamie Vardy on board for
0: the next film. Visit China, get banged. Yeah.
1: Are you alone out here? What are you doing so deep in the jungle? Don't you know
0: what you are? I know what you are. Right, so the purpose of us being here tonight, our raison d'etre, if you will, is to review The Jungle Book, the new retelling of the 1967 animated Disney original based on the Rudyard Kipling stories, which blends live action with CGI to great effect. Well, don't give me any spoilers away, but it is... So, um, for those of you who don't know, and you really should, this is a little brief plot synopsis for you. Well, it tells the story of the orphan-slash-abandoned human child Mowgli, who has to navigate his way through the jungle, guided by the likes of the Panther Bagheera and the Bear Baloo, all the time attempting to stay out the clutches of Snake Carr, crazy primate King Louie, and most dangerously of all, the human-hating tiger Shere Khan. It's directed by Jon Favreau, who directed the first two Iron Mans, and... Chef back in 2014. That was his most recent film before this. Uh, it's got newcomer Neil Sethi as Mowgli. Uh, he's about 12, 13 years old. And it has, a, on paper, an amazing voice cast of uh, Idris Elba as Shere Khan, Scarlett Johansson as Carr, Ben Kingsley as Bagheera, and our old favourite, Christopher Walken as King Louie. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get onto him later. So, uh, Johnny, to, to start off then with... Um, well, the original is a, re- is a much-treasured film a lot of people remind me of the childhood huge nostalgia about it how has John Favreau stayed faithful to that and how has he attempted to put his own stamp on it
1: I think the the main thing is he's he's kept it he's kept it fun what he's really done is blended fantastic CGI so you've got these animals which have never looked realer yeah. you know it might even be better than Leonardo DiCaprio fighting with a bear in the Revenant mm. that sort of level of CGI and then you know he's taken that and mixed it in with the original story so you've yeah. got sort of Authenticity and it. it all looks very real and spectacular, but it's also kind of fun and, you know, mm. the bear sings and all that stuff. So yeah, it's sort of a blending of, of realism and fantasy of the sort of animated one.
0: Yeah, so that's sort of um, the homages to the original. Obviously, the storyline is very similar. There's a few slight tweaks here and there, which I think add quite a lot to it. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think sort of, there's a lot more sort of moral... Sort of themes in there about you know humans destroying the jungle. And it's the, darker the ding- as well. Yeah, it's, it, it's got too. more more of an edge than the animated yeah. one, which is just a big sort of sing along, really. Yeah,
0: but they the, they do. If anyone was worried or wondering, they do include the songs in it. How do you, how do you think he handled those? Because he obviously they've only really included the two main ones in it. Haven't
1: they? Yeah, I mean that that for me is good because mm. there's nothing worse than a musical. <laughs> in, in my world, that is that is the lowest end. So yeah, it was good. They sort of mixed them in as they're not quite set pieces and big musical yeah. numbers, but they're sort of worked in. Yeah. you instantly recognise
0: them. I think I kind of feel like they had to. I I think if it would have been too much of a departure not to have at least had a had a nod to that.
1: Yeah, I think people would have been up in arms because yeah. the songs are what made the Jungle Book. So you've got to yeah. you've got to keep them in there somehow, which I think he does well to keep them in without going full overboard. You know, musical song and dance.
0: Um, and you, we mentioned the CGI been absolutely spectacular it does seem a big leap forward with what we've seen before in terms of representing animals on screen in particular so you well you did mention Leonardo DiCaprio and the revenant i mean how does it compare to that because obviously you've got the bear scene in that
1: i mean obviously the bear in the revenant's quite angry and the bear in the jungle book is quite jovial and basically just wants loads of honey
0: <laughs> bill murray as um as balloon yeah I can't believe i didn't mention him in my list of the voice cards
1: yeah, I think, you know, The One in The Revenant is quite a spectacular, horrifying scene, and this is a lot more jovial and less full-on, but the CGI is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. And um, Neil Seth, what as Mowgli, what did you make of him? He was probably the weakest bit of the film, I think. He's he could he... barely speak. He I know just... he's only 12, so he's a bit harsh, but I couldn't understand great thing of what he said. Everything was a bit jolly. Everything he does is like,
1: yay, let's go over here and see see the watering hole.
0: He does look the part, though. Oh,
1: no, where's the fire come from? It's yeah. like... This man needs to get a grip.
0: He does look exactly like Mowgli, though.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, his hair was fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if it was a wig, but he has a lot of hair for a small child.
0: And we mentioned the sensational voice cast. Plenty of A-listers on there. Who stands out from that and who's not particularly a great fit, do you think?
1: I think the standout one is, is fairly obvious. It's, it's got to be Christopher Walken, isn't yeah. it? I mean, because Christopher Walken's voice is great at the worst of times. So yeah. When you're making him the voice of a giant orangutan, <laughs> King of the Monkeys...
0: He does sort of play it a bit like he's Marlon Brando in uh, The Godfather. It was a bit bizarre.
1: Yeah, there's a, it, yeah, it was quite strange, but it just works it's so well. Like because it's dominance. so weird having Christopher Walken's voice coming out of an orangutan. Yeah. What more could you ask for, really, from a film?
0: Lots of excess skin on that orangutan. Yeah, they are. But well, then, they're big,
1: Big cheek flaps.
0: Big <laughs> cheek flaps, yeah. Not really the most attractive beasts, are they? No. But um just going back to that, that voice cast, I must say looking at you look at the list, you've got Scarlet Hanson, Idris Elba, Bill Murray, Christopher Walken. I was I was expecting more. I, I didn't really wasn't that sold on Idris Elba as shit. No, time. I was
1: that was the one that really it was a bit like I'm a bit too like all right mate, you don't yeah. wanna you don't wanna mess with me. I'm a nasty tiger. It's like it's got a bit a bit Ray Winston in the jungle, hasn't it?
0: It's like he did the whole thing with like a cheeky grin and a raised eyebrow, but like trying to be a bad man in like yeah. a like in your boozer, your yeah. local hard man, but actually not very scary.
1: Yeah, he he was he didn't quite cut mustard as it were. No. I mean, Idris is the man at the moment, but yeah, he, he doesn't quite get it in this one.
0: In comparison to the original, then, what what, what are you kind of thinking? Do you think it's, it's a, do you think it's a worthwhile addition to the the Canon, the Disney Canon?
1: yeah, I think, I think so when you you've taken all these films and turning them into sort of more realistic versions of themselves, mm. yeah you know, you've had the animation, which is good fun and, and fancy elements, and then you've taken those sort of core things and turned it into a realistic interpretation. And it works well on the whole. It, it's mm. good fun. It's, you know, family entertainment. The voice acting on the whole is pretty good. And you've got Christopher Walken swinging around the jungle, <laughs> singing were... I Want to Be Like You.
0: Anyway, then, rating out of ten, what are you going to give this film, Johnny? I'll give it a solid 7.5, 7.5, OK. Which seems
1: seems a bit low, but, you know, it was, it was good. It's enjoyable. Mm. It, it's, you know, a family film by Disney. It's polished. But it probably doesn't quite have the... You know, there's nothing that really stands out apart from obviously Christopher
0: Walken. I think there's some really great moments, and I think they've handled it quite well in general. I think they've done a very good job with it. I'd pretty give in eight. I feel there's just like a little bit missing that could have been there, but it's just not quite.
1: Yeah, there was something which yeah. is very hard to to pick on. Yeah, but enjoyable stuff. Not enough walking. More walking, less Elbin. <laughs> el, el
0: no. More walking, less walking around the jungle. I can't help but notice there's this strange odour today. Man is forbidden! (laughs) Unmoving! ho then it's quiz time ding 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 johnny what you got for me this week you're in charge you're quiz master you're in charge we've got we've got a big quiz this week we've
1: got a quiz big that, one oh. well it's not a big one it's five questions oh, okay. but it's big in the fact that we've gone into the technical world so it's going to be a sound quiz oh wow so you know technical issues aside we're hoping it will work
0: you're testing my ear as well as my brain that's what we're about probably not worth testing either they're, not, they're both pretty ropey so. we'll test your eyesight
1: next week
0: oh god that's even worse <laughs> i let have to see what we've got so, the
1: so quiz, what's the, the concept the quiz is basically I've taken clips from, from animated films and you basically have to guess who the actor is just by their voice and if you get the film I'll give you a bonus point for that as well
0: oh good can they all be from Toy Story
1: no I did think of that but then <laughs> if know... they could
0: all be from Toy Story that'd be great
1: I think there's there's a mixed bag in here, so we'll we'll see.
0: Are you going to give me any Japanese stuff like Spirited Away to try? And, <laughs> try and
1: oh, I'm it. sorry, you just haven't quite pronounced it right. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a point away
0: then. <laughs> yeah, I lost my friend Jamie Vardy. Yeah, for the correct pronunciation.
1: So let's go with question one. So you basically got to say who is the actor and what is the
0: film. Who is the actor and what is the film? Okay. My name's Ralph, and I'm a bad guy. Uh, let's see, I'm nine feet tall, I weigh 643 pounds, got a little bit of a temper on me. Hey, you move my thumb! So there you well, go. Yeah, you've, you've done me a, a great turn on the actual movie itself. Yeah. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, of course. But who plays Wreck-It Ralph? Can you get it from their voice? I, that's why I was listening so hard for so I mean, in the line, in... Um, it sounds a bit of that, like, marmal Seth Rogen kind of voice, but that was that was a terrible Seth Rogen as well. Does sound like Seth a, Rogen if he's drowning. some like the marmalised Seth Rogen <laughs> voice, but... Um, oh, I'm going to have to go with Seth Rogen, even though it's not.
1: It's not quite Seth Rogen. It is John C. Riley. Oh, and OK, fine, yeah. The curly-headed yeah. mid- s*** The curly-headed <laughs> f- So...
0: Yeah. That was a. Uh, that's number one. Yeah, I should have got that really.
1: On to number two now. Now this is a. This is a tricky one, I think. It's,
0: it's tricky. I finally have the power to destroy you. The only thing that has kept me going is my burning thirst for revenge. After them! Ooh! Should I be scared now? You seriously don't remember me? <laughs> <laughs> I seriously don't! Wow! I've, I've, I mean, if you a number I recognize the voice. I've definitely not seen the film.
1: I would say you you probably would have seen the film.
0: There's one I recognize the voice. <sighs> that is no, I'm, I don't know.
1: It is, in fact, John Malkovich.
0: That's John Malkovich. That is John Malkovich. I would never have got that in a million years. No way. I that... think
1: when you, when you hear it back, he have
0: the power to destroy. You. The only thing that has kept me going is my burning thirst for revenge. The... After... At the end of the sentence, yeah. yeah. I mean, what that was, was from The
1: Penguins of Madagascar. Oh, was it? He plays an octopus called Dave. It's not great so far. No, You've I'm... have got one out of ten thus far.
0: Yeah. I thought it was half out of five, but one out of ten... I
1: think... it can only go up. Pessimistic for the next three questions, then.
0: <laughs> I'm very pessimistic. So, because I haven't seen as much animation as I'd hoped.
1: So, no, question three. Here we go. Oh, here we go.
0: Where did he come from? Where'd you come from? What are you doing here? Canis lupus. Vulpus vulpus. I don't think he speaks English or Latin. Oh my God, that is such an obvious voice as well and I just can't get it. I've had too much beer. It's <laughs> Tim Allen.
1: <laughs> oh, it's not Tim Allen, but actually now that you've said that, there is a
0: huge huge ring of that it sounds a lot like Tim Allen but it's not Tim Allen it's the other person that sounds like Tim Allen <laughs> Oh, I, this is going to kill me this one because I totally recognise their voice I just can't it is in think. fact
1: A-list celebrity George Clooney
0: oh my god yeah that is so obviously George Clooney I'm doing so badly and that was like, from uh, badly. any ideas on the film? Uh oh up no. It's even in that. Fantastic Mr Fox. Oh, yeah. Is he not in Up?
1: I don't know. No,
0: he's not. Probably not. I've lost the plot here. Well, the- I'm absolutely gone. <laughs> You can. You've got two two questions to save to it. redeem myself. Well, if I didn't get George Clooney, when it was so obviously George Clooney, it was ridiculous. It was you know when you have like just the most insane mind blank, and all the all I could have in my head, repeatedly going over and over again, was Tim Allen. And I was like, it's not Tim Allen, it just sounds like Tim Allen, but all I could think in my head was Tim Allen. I should have just picked five for Christopher Walken. <laughs> I'd have got them. So on well, to number four. I seen Fantastic, Mr. Fox. You need to watch it.
1: So here we are. Question four now. All to play for.
0: All my life, I lived and worked in a big city, which, now that I think of it, is kind of a problem. Since I always feel uncomfortable around crowds. I mean it. I, I, I have this fear of enclosed spaces. I, 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 it makes me feel
1: trapped all the time.
0: Is that Woody Allen, or just just that someone pretending to be Woody?
1: That is Woody Allen. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, when I was looking through them and I thought I found this monologue and I thought, this is the most Woody Allen film I've ever heard. <laughs> I was like it Couldn't be anyone else other than Woody Allen. I
0: still can't get over the fact I didn't get George Clooney. But anyway. Um, yeah, Woody Allen. What anime Oh, uh, I think I know this. It's Woody Allen and it's either Ants or A Bug's Life. Which one was he in? Woody Allen was in Ants. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, thank God. Them.
0: Got one, finally.
1: I mean, when people say Woody Allen's just played the same character as our career, they aren't wrong. <laughs> Even when an he's an ant, I mean, he's still got childhood issues and, yeah. and massive anxiety and neurosis. <laughs>
0: but he's an ant. I'm fairly pleased I got that, but I still can't get over the fact that I didn't get George Clooney. <laughs> John C. Riley I can live with, but George Clooney, come on. Anyway.
1: Here we go. Come, we're, on, we're on the up now. We're on the up. So the final final question. Tim Allen. No. Find out Tim Allen. Yeah. So here we go.
0: Life's not fair, is it? You see I well I shall never be king. <laughs> and you shall never see the light of another day. <laughs> well a short clip. A short clip. I'm going to say Jeremy Irons in The Lion King that is Jeremy Irons in oh, The Lion King oh there we go
1: I never knew that Jeremy Irons was in The
0: Lion King well I was about to say James L. Jones and then I was like well no it's not James L. Jones because he's um, uh, Mufasa Mufasa I was going to say Dad Lion but Mufasa <laughs> Dad Lion well Jeremy Irons yeah I'm alright I'm, I'm pleased with Jeremy you... so, Jeremy Irons and Woody Allen I can recognise but I can't recognise George Clooney George Clooney never changes his tone of voice no. either
1: Never, never goes above or below a certain level. He's just calm, George. Cleely. Be honest.
0: What were you thinking when I was struggling to get George Clooney?
1: When you said Tim Allen, I was like, actually, that, that's a fair shout. Woody Allen was the one that you needed to get, yeah. and then aced it.
0: Broke the back with Woody Allen, and then do I? What did I end up with? Did I end up with five? You got four, five. So five I got out of ten. Okay, I'll take that. Whew. Oh,
1: you got yeah, no, five out of ten. Five out of ten.
0: There was two tricky ones and three easy ones and I didn't get one of the three easy ones. (laughs) So, that's poor. That's really poor.
1: She'll merely be your stepmother and you'll have two lovely sisters to keep you company. So I'll know as far away as I may be that you'll be safe. Wouldn't you prefer to eat when all the work is done, Ella? Yes, stepmother. Oh, you
0: needn't call me that. Madam will do.
1: Cinderwench. Dirty Ella. Cinderella!
0: (laughs) Well, our second film this week is another remake of a Disney classic. And this time, we've gone for Cinderella. Not the 1950 version, obviously, not the animated Disney one. We've gone for the one that came out last year, which was a reimagining of that film. uh, Which, even more than The Jungle Book, you really shouldn't need me to tell you the story of Cinderella. But this does develop a little bit more of the backstory, including her relationship with her mother, who dies early in the film. Um, And as with the original, her father remarries before dying himself, leaving his daughter at the mercy of his cruel new wife, Lady Tremaine, and her two daughters. That is all until she meets a handsome young prince, and then the familiar madness ensues with a fairy godmother, a glass slipper, and a particularly well-appointed and fine-rimmed pumpkin. Fine-rimmed. fine rims. Uh, it's directed by Kenneth Branagh um, who's most recent, for, obviously more famous for his stage and theatre work than he is for his film work these days well, I suppose most of his career has been that as well uh, but he did recently direct um, Thor, that was a few years ago but that was his most recent directorial film before this uh, and it stars Lily James as Ella or Cinderella see what they did there Yeah. just making it fresh and relevant for the young generation Umbarella they could have called her Kate Blanchett as Lady Tremaine, Helena Bonham Carter as the fairy godmother, who was actually married to Kenneth Branagh on stage, I think she was. was she married to Tim Burton? Yeah, I think she was also does married to... Does the yeah, round? Yeah, she does the rounds. That's but, how she's
1: getting all these roles. To the Hollywood <laughs>
0: round. There's no other reason. She's Well, I'm not a fan of Helena Bonham Carter, I don't think she's very good. Well, she's alright, but she's just that wacky star. She just
1: plays she, the wacky, wacky She part. She
0: plays the same... She's the Woody Allen of the wacky world. <laughs> just the same part all the time. Um... So, this is yet another Disney remake. Johnny, um is this film any good because there's if you take into account the likes of Snow White and the Huntsman that were also other recent mm-hmm. reboots, how does this sort of compare?
1: Uh it's it's you know, cuz it's Kenneth Branagh directing it. It does mm-hmm. lean on towards the elegant sort of nice theatrical production. It's mm-hmm. all very well put together and everything looks nice and everyone's quite graceful but i think it, you know as if you love cinderella the cartoon as a as a kid i think it's obviously going to sort of resonate well and it's like the jungle book you know made it more realistic setting but still keeping a few of the sort of fantastical disney elements
0: yeah and th- th- there's a few twists in this that, not twists not the, you know a few different elements to this like they did in the jungle book as well did that do you know, do you think they added to the story
1: yeah, little, sort of little bit. Because like, um, it's a very
0: basic story, isn't it? Yeah, like, can't can't a bit, which I think
1: is the film sort of made me realise how basic a story it is. Mm. Her stepmother's a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Who is Kate Blanchett is really good as mm. as the evil stepmother because she's just she's not overtly; she's just a bit sinister and and. She's very cold. good at Kate Blanchett. Isn't yeah, she's she very good at the sort of part, part that she always always does with the plum. But... Yes. Yeah.
0: We, you, know, you mentioned the sort of style and style of it. Given that Kenneth Brown's the director, and you know, as I mentioned in the introduction, very well known for his theatre work, is obviously a Shakespearean legend in that field. So, does he bring much of that to the film? I think
1: so. obviously, it Obviously, doesn't quite go into the dramatic sort of you know Macbeth and Hamlet territory. No
0: skulls being held and disappointingly
1: to... a lack a distinct lack of skulls.
0: No. On once the... more into the breach, dear friend, and that kind of thing. No.
1: Last poor Yorick. None, none mm. of that jazz. Um, but it is very sort of proper and they have these big balls and everything's quite lavish and it does sort of feel like a really polished, old sort of theatre production.
0: Disney are working their way through these live-action remakes of their back catalogue, as we mentioned. So Snow White and The Huntsman, which was obviously terrible and got <laughs> hammered. That's what happens if but cars... they made a sequel
1: anyway, which they're going to lose a lot of money
0: on. Oh, yeah, that's getting absolutely... Annoying. I think they're
1: going to lose $70 million yeah. or something. So.
0: And there was Alice in Wonderland as well, Helen Bonham Carter again. She... Playing, playing a, a wacky wacky lady. <laughs> Can't move for it. Um, <laughs> so, do we need these reboots? You know, are, these, are they worthwhile adaptations, or should we just rely on enjoying the originals for what they were?
1: I think in an ideal world... We just make new films, you know, like something like in, Inside Out. It's,
0: it's a simple concept.
1: I mean, but... it's a simple concept. But it's very difficult for people to grasp. Yeah. But something like Inside Out that Disney did not long ago, Disney Pixar was great because it was something entirely different, and it was one of those films that appealed to all ages. And mm. and you know, I think Pixar the the good leg, you know, they're always coming up with new stuff, innovating. But the live action stuff, I think I haven't really seen any of them and thought, God, this is awful. Like mm. the Jungle Book and Cinderella, and that's one.
0: I tell you, you haven't seen Snow
1: White and the Huntsman. I haven't seen Snow White and the Huntsman, but I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. but it, it's, it's, like a good, it's a good idea for Disney because yeah. everyone's going to go and watch Everyone knows the original stories. Mm. And they're probably doing just enough to make them worthwhile.
0: I certainly think when it comes to The Jungle Book, that was a necessary film. I think making that into a live action did add a lot to it. And to be honest, I don't mean to... Please don't come to my house with pitchforks, but I recently watched the original and it doesn't hold up as well as you might hope. So ooh, actually,
1: ooh.
0: refreshing it like this, I think it adds something. It is a positive move to do something like that.
1: Yeah, I think I think the one I'd like to see is Pinocchio. <laughs> oh yeah, that I'm not sure how they tackle that. The nose. But I'd be I'd be interested to see
0: Pinocchio and the most sinister scene in movie history with the donkeys, which never yeah. gets resolved. Never gets resolved. Haunting. I think I, we've brought that up in the movie before.
1: I remember the uh, the ride at Disneyland and was very harrowing i
0: would not want to get Don- in
1: that. you know you've been to the london dungeon that's charles come pride. out
0: with a tail oh. and oink, oinking honking honking what do donkeys do Hon- oh my honky god honky honking they do they don't e-e-eoring it's <laughs> something like those lines <laughs> they're all looking at you believe me they're all
1: looking at you where there is kindness there is goodness and where there is goodness there is magic
0: Right, Johnny, guess what time it is. Uh, it's qu- Quarter to seven? <laughs> quarter past eight. Oh, too you many beers. Sort that watch out. Uh, it's three fast, three furious time. Which means you've got 30 seconds. Yep. To do your work. I've
1: written in my worst
0: handwriting <laughs> you li- to give myself a real challenge. You're looking at me with utter panic in your eyes. As if, as if you had no idea this was coming up and that you need to just quickly wrap this off the top of your head. I
1: can't remember what film... Which is what you do
0: every week any, anyway, so... Just just shout
1: words. <laughs> A random selection of words and hope they fit together, pretty much.
0: I'm setting the time. Are these films going to be better than they were last week, do you think? Because we weren't overly impressed with the selection last week, were we?
1: Again, I'm not overly impressed with the selection <laughs> I've chosen this week.
0: It's a bad time for film at the moment, This is a
1: This is the the barren months.
0: Looking, looking for films to do for next, next week's pod, I was like, hmm. So, there's 30 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you want to take a, one big, deep breath? Or are you just going to go for it? I
1: think I'm ready.
0: All right, Three, two, one, Go.
1: First up is Snowden. It's another chance for director Oliver Stone to slate the American government. This time, it's government surveillance and the traitor slash hero Edward Snowden, who's going to be played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Next. Mother's Day, the final part of an (laughs) appalling trilogy featuring Valentine's Day and New Year's Day. Jennifer Aniston leads an all-star cast as they attempt to destroy their career in one film. Next. Doctor Strange, another Marvel film. Hooray, more Marvel films. Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> plays himself, but playing Doctor Strange, because he can't play anyone else. A bloke with very vague powers of the mind, well, and it time. features a bald Tilda Swinton.
0: A bald Tilda Swinton? Yeah. Well, that's, that's one to get the Which juices going. Which has been quite,
1: quite controversial, apparently, because in the comics, it's a Tibetan woman. It
0: has. I'm glad you bought all these films, actually, because I've got a few things to say about them. But anyway, Good. I don't have anything to say about your first film, Snowden. Snowden. So... Of these three films, Johnny, what which one looks best to you? Snowden. Snowden.
1: Snowden because it looks like a, a you know, it's a proper film. And Big Oliver Stone sound. is good even though he absolutely hates America and yeah, loves slating it at any opportunity. And just
0: lying have you seen JFK? No. Just just a pack of lies. <laughs> I mean, he's on
1: JFK, Platoon, Wartoon Street. A very good film. All very critical of... Wall Street's of, good as well, actually. They are, I mean, on the whole... And he does good, good films, they're just he, full of
0: bullshit.
1: He's just very biased. So you know in that film Edward Snowden is going to be seen as... You know, a hero who beat the, the oppressive American government. Which is probably better than The Other Way Round.
0: Yeah. So you, I'm glad you bought Mother's Day. Because this has been... Um, this has been getting... A lot of criticism. <laughs> Mildly. Hatred. One might even say hatred. So, um, you know, as Julia Roberts and Gary Marshall, last one they collaborated on together was Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. So, pretty you think, good. You think? Pretty good. You're thinking, well, this is going to be gold. But then you think to yourself, actually, well, this is the third film in a series that's also included Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve. New, so, I said
1: New Year's Day, I think. Is it New Year's, New Year's Day? Maybe New it's New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. I can't remember.
0: New Year's
1: right. Day? Who's going to make a film on New Year's Day? Nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, people, people go to the football and look hungover. disappointed. Probably better than New Year's Eve, though, by all accounts. Valentine's all, all accounts, New Year's Eve is a terrible, terrible film.
0: Well, right. Uh, well, New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day may be terrible films, but Mother's Day could be even worse because it's got 8% at the moment on Rotten Tomatoes and there's still more, more reviews to come in that are only going to lower it, I'd assume. Um, just to give you a little selection of David Ehrlich in IndieWire, described it as lifeless, ugly and vaguely evil. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, is not exactly a ringing endorsement. And then you've got Jordan Hoffman, though, from The Guardian, described it as a goddamn trash masterpiece. I think he's a very lone voice. And then uh, the final one was um, was Doctor Strange. Yeah. So this is, this is as you said, creating quite a bit of controversy because Tilda Swinton is playing a Tibetan bald person as you said
1: well the character is supposed to be Tibetan and Mm. they've just you know ignored the fact that she needs to be Tibetan and just made a bald Tilda Swinton right which I read I read somewhere earlier that linking back to uh, the Transformers
0: Chinese tourism Chinese
1: and tourism debacle is that apparently because China are so important for the old box office yeah that they can't do anything with Tibet because China and Tibet don't get on.
0: But the problem is that it's, it's part of this whole whitewashing thing of Hollywood, though. Isn't yeah. It? That, that's the issue. It doesn't,
1: you know, there's not really a viable reason. Yeah. And if the reason is because Chinese people wouldn't like it, that's not very artistic, is it?
0: What would Yul Brynner say? Yul
1: Brynner. <laughs> Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! Whoa! Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I frighten you? Didn't mean to. Sorry, howdy. My name is woody and this is andy's room that's all i wanted to say
0: ah uh, please be careful you don't want to be in the way when my laser goes off
1: hey a laser how come you don't have a laser woody it's not a laser it's a it's a little light bulb that blinks what's with him laser
0: envy as is traditional then we're going to finish the show this week with top five and given all the glorious actors that lend their voices to the jungle book We've decided to go with the top five voiceover artists of all time. Or at least the ones who have had the most notable or sensational performances. So the top five is coming from me this week. So Johnny, you can sit back and relax. Excellent. And give your opinion when you fancy it.
1: Is Idris Elba going to be on the list?
0: Idris Elba is certainly not (laughs) going to be on the list. Anyway, right. So starting at number five. This is going to be controversial that he's at number five because he is the greatest voiceover artist of all time. But his work is mainly not in films. But I thought he's definitely going to be worth mentioning anyway. It's Mel Blanc. Not Mont Blanc. Not Mont Blanc. Or Matt Blanc. Matt LeBlanc. Matt Matt LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc is number five. No, Mel Blanc, who played Bugs Bunny, Sylvester Stallone. So many of these characters. Tasmanian Devil, apparently, which I think was just... (laughs) just, (laughs) 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 I believe he was just using a lawnmower... That was basically okay. it. Just shouting at a lawnmower, that was what he did for Tudor and Devil. But the guy's an absolute legend. Like any sort of 19th, I don't know, early to mid-20th century kind of voiceover, that is him, basically. Anything you care to think of is Mel Blanc. Did he so. do
1: Foghorn Leghorn?
0: I think he did do Foghorn Leghorn, but don't... I say,
1: I say, actually, that's...
0: That's that's Geordie Leghorn. That's
1: um, Fred Butcher from Coronation <laughs> Street. I say, I say, Ashley. <laughs>
0: Is his name Fred Butcher? He's not, he is the Butcher. He the Butcher. <laughs> he's just, he's just, you're thinking of Frank Butcher. Frank Butcher. From EastEnders. Yeah. My green. the soaps all mixed up. Yeah, how could you possibly? So I feel we've sufficiently covered Mel Blanc there and done, done him justice <laughs> for his magnificent <laughs> career. Uh, number four. Suspense. For number me. four, I'm going to go with the, a double team. I'm going to go off-piece, I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to go with Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. Oh in Toy Story. Of course. Because those two the, the Buzz Lightyear Woody sort of angle of those films is just so definitive to modern voiceover history. They're so easily identifiable unless it was George Clooney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're so they're so you know ingrained in everyone's psyche, like you could pick those two out of a lineup, Buzz Lightyear and Woody, unless you're me. Um and they're just... It's just such a huge film franchise, Toy Story, really relaunched animation. It was so innovative at the time. But the voices, without those two as the voiceover artists, I think it would have been half the film.
1: I think that's fair. I like the fact that with them as well is they are Buzz Lightyear and Woody. You never think, oh, Tom Hanks. You're not ever thinking yeah. it's Tom Hanks all the time. Yeah, that's very true. It is Woody, Yeah, they which I think is, is I think is important. Because I think a lot in the Jungle book was when you'd hear someone, you'd be like, Oh, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's Bill Murray, that's Christopher Walken. Yeah, they didn't Bill embody the character, Walker. they embodied the, sort of, themselves in the character, whereas yeah. Toy Story's done, done the opposite, which is
0: really good. Couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. Um, the top three is really, really hard to decide between, right? So any of these guys could have been number one. Number three, for me personally, I'm going to put Jim Henson, because I think for a lot of people, would have Jim Henson as number one, Obviously, the Muppets, and he voiced all them. Well, not all of them, but not all of them. I don't think, but you know, he voiced a good deal of Muppets, and he was behind it. So, he's a sort of legendary figure, but I'm personally not a massive fan of the Muppets, so that's why I've got him at number three, but I think some people would possibly have him at number one. Johnny, what do you reckon about
1: that? i a big fan of the Muppets. Yeah? Yeah, there's a lot of good characters in there. Yeah. The eagle guy, I like him.
0: The eagle guy. And what is
1: it, Statler and Waldorf, who set on there? <laughs> Statler and opening. Waldorf are magnificent. I mean, they're classic. They?
0: Yeah. Number two, I'm going to go with Robin Williams. Ooh. Now, I think the... The thing that probably defines him the most would be the genie in Aladdin. Such a fantastic role for him. And he played it so well, and obviously, given the fact that you know, he passed away a couple of, years ago, couple of years ago now, last year, a couple of years ago, I think it was... You know, it just shows you how what an actual, actual amazing voiceover artist he was at the time.
1: I mean, his his voice was always he was always full of life and, and you know yeah. a bit eccentric and bubbly and, and yeah. that is exactly what you want for voiceover work, isn't
0: it? Yeah, and even if you take something like Good Morning Vietnam, half of that film is him in voiceover mode as a radio DJ, isn't it? So, you know, he he, he could do he could do it in all manner of ways, but he had his obviously very unique style as well, very distinctive. So he comes in at number two, and like I say, he could easily have been number one. But number one, I've gone for, for... Because I think he has two of the most uh, iconic voiceover performances in history. That's James L. Jones. Darth Vader. Of course. Mufasa and the Lion King. I think if I could have picked anyone to play Shia Khan, it probably would have been him again. Yeah. that it, the, the depth of his voice, like the power of it and everything like that. Just, he's just an absolute sensational voiceover artist. So... James Earl Jones for me number 1. I
1: think that's fair enough. I mean just for Darth Vader. That Darth is Vader alone, yeah. probably the most iconic voice in sort of film really.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even
1: though most of it was a lot of breathing. <laughs> yeah. Really good at heavy breathing. Just adding that in, I'm not That'll be next week. We'll have top top 5 heavy breathers in film.
0: <laughs> John Goodman probably. Jo- John high. Goodman
1: pretty heavy. <laughs> John Candy. John Candy. I think what we've, we've confused all this with is un, unfit actors. <laughs> Just to sh- Top five unfit actors. We
0: made that assumption. We made the leap. Don't be too proud of this technological
1: terror you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the force. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fort. I find your lack of faith disturbing.
0: So there's your lot, everybody, from this week's Movie Men. And if you're not feeling disney or nostalgic to go and revisit the original Jungle Book, then I worry for your very soul, and you should take a good hard look in the mirror. So, we'll be back soon, and who knows what with? Could it be Bastille Day? Hopefully not. Could be Mother's Day. No. Mm. I can guarantee you I won't allow it to be Captain America, because they need to stop. This needs to stop. The the first line of defence begins here. Yeah we're leading the charge join us in the meantime get yourself over to the com. so Johnny what can the listeners expect to find there
1: um, might stick up a review of Jungle Book mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm going to go see Miles Ahead the Miles Davis biopic with Don Cheadle on in uh, tomorrow
0: okay yeah well so definitely worth a watch if you guys want to check that out and obviously keep an eye out for us on Twitter we sometimes do things but sometimes we don't
1: you've just got to be there
0: right so that's it from us then Johnny great stuff Let's get ourselves off down Tiger Tiger and see if we can get into the jungle VIP. Ciao.